Thank you, Lord. Forever changed. Forever changed. Eternally changed. Not a temporary change. Not because we're so good either. It's because he's so good. <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> because God is so good. He is so good. He is so good. His majesty. Come on, just soak it up just for a second. His presence, his majesty, his glory, his goodness. Come on, see him high and lifted up. See him exalted above the heavens. See him. Focus on him. Let his goodness reflect upon you and be a reflection out of you. God, we're so thankful for who you are and that you've given us the right and the privilege to become your children. It's hard to take in. It's hard to comprehend. But God, we receive. We receive what you are giving. What you have sent through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are ever near. Holy Spirit, that you live within us. God, we ask that you would continue your work within us. Continue to refine us to burn away the dross. Continue, God, to gently reveal your love to us. For we could not withstand it all at once. Holy Spirit, continue to bring revelation to our spirit. Father, I ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that will be obedient to your voice. Majesty. Majesty. Come on, right there in your seats. Can you, can we all just bend forward? as we bend forward at the feet of the king. And let us say majesty, majesty.
And I want you to see your king before you. And you see our position. Before the king. A position of submission. Of recognition. Of understanding. Father, there's something about this that feels so right. Bowing before you. So perfect. Come on, if you can just hang in this place one second. The Holy Spirit just, I just saw this picture. And many times when you picture yourself bowing before the king, he is on his throne with his hands on the rail, on the chair, on the arms of the chair, and everybody's bowing low and acknowledging him. And though that is true and right, the Holy Spirit just showed me that this morning as we bowed low before our king, that he wasn't sitting up on that throne, but yet he was walking in and out of these aisles, placing his hand upon your head, caressing you, gently touching you. He's not a king who is far off. He's a king that is ever near. And it's in our humbleness and our understanding and our correct position that brings him even closer. And so this morning, know that our king is amongst us. Even though, yes, he is high and exalted, he is our father. And his love for you, his children, brings him near to you. What a privilege. What an honor. Come on, right where you're at there, I want you to see. I want you to see the Father going in and out of the aisles. I want you to feel his touch.
think the overwhelming part is that God's done it all. God knows our weakness and our inability and yet he bridges that gap. And that was his plan. His plan was to pour out his love. Thank you, Jesus. For a second, I want you to think about all that God's done Last week in Romans 12, it says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Why? Because of all he has done for you. Because of all he has done for you. When you start making a list of all the things that God has done, it is overwhelming. Here's a short list. (laughs) How many of you are thankful that you have been justified from the guilt and the penalty of sin. Because you know what the penalty of sin is? Not just dying, death. Another thing, God has adopted us in Jesus and identified us with Christ. How many of you are thankful for that? That you were identified with Christ Jesus. You're adopted into the family of Almighty God. How many of you are thankful that God has placed you under grace and not the law? Come on, how many, how many of you rather drink the cup of grace or the cup of God's wrath in the law? God has also given us his Holy Spirit to live within us. These are all things that God's done for us. God's promised to help us in all of our affliction. He comes near. He's there. He walks with you through your pain, through your suffering, through your time of need. He's there. He's given you assurance that you can stand before him, blameless, spotless, holy. How many of you realize that? You will stand before God Almighty because of your faith in Jesus and the cleansing of his blood. You'll stand before the God who is perfect beyond our understanding of holiness. He is. And we'll stand before him blameless, even though we know who we are. God says, you'll be spotless. You will be holy. God says you can be confident of coming glory. How many of you believe that? That Jesus went to be with the Father. He was the first to be resurrected and have the eternal body. And he's coming back to get you. He gives us there is the confidence that there is no separation from his 
love. What what does it say in Romans 8? It says there's no height, no depth, not even in heaven, not in hell, not in light, not in dark. There's nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of Almighty God. Not not you, you, you can't separate. God has given us his continued faithfulness. Even when you're not faithful to him, he says, I will be faithful to you. This is a short list of the things that God's given us. And that's why the word of God says to give your body. I plead with you to give your body, give yourself to God because of all that he's done for you. I'm telling you, if that was just it, that would be enough, wouldn't it? If that short list was just the fullness of it, that would be enough. But that's just a peek into God's goodness. That's just a peek into what God has done for you with the new covenant through through his son, Jesus Christ, through who he is. And if that was enough, if if just those was all, that would be enough. Amen. Come on, it's moments like just a moment ago where you stop, where you be still, where you're quiet, where you take your right position. I don't know, I don't know what you were seeing or what you were feeling, but I, I have this thought that we could all get caught up into that moment on our own, in our home. That you could get caught up in that place where when you take that position, when you submit to the king, that he comes so close to you that you could feel the air of his breath. So here's, I want to encourage you to find that position in life's busyness. You know, sometimes even in our seeking God, we're so busy and so rushed that, well, I got to do my devotion. I got to do, I got to read that scripture. I got to get my app. I got to, instead of finding that place where we, where we come in and we, and we literally take our face to the ground. How many of you think that's a good place to start right there? Because what that does is it humbles the flesh and it positions us correctly and we take a moment and then we feel the Father come. Take that time out. I just want to encourage you, whatever that looks like for you in, in your day, in your time, in your week, I want to encourage you to find that place. Amen? The word of God goes on to say, if we give ourselves because of all that God's done, that it says let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We went through all this last week. Transform us, God. Transform us. How many of you want to think differently? I think uh, Jess said it correctly. Our stinking thinking. We get trapped in a place of stinking thinking. And when, we, when, our, when our thinking gets stinking, so does our attitude. 
So does our ability to see. So does our ability to feel. It all follows suit. And so God wants to transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think so that we can know his will. So that we can know God's will. Because why? It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. It's perfect. As you begin to understand all of what God is saying in this scripture right here, if we're not careful, we can begin to get a little puffed up when we think when we think that we've been transformed, our mind's being transformed, we're thinking differently. If we're not careful, what the human heart wants to do is say, well, I've arrived. I'm much more spiritual than you. I, I see you in your, you know, in your spiritualness. And I hope that someday you will get to where I am. Because God has changed my thinking so much. Come on. You see, God always says, look, if you'll just, if you'll know my will, I'll change your thinking. He builds you up into this place, but then he reminds you. He reminds you really quickly, because here's what the very next scripture says. It says, don't think you are better than you really are. I love that. God says, you're everything in Christ. You're and yet, you're nothing at all. Isn't that the beauty? Because it's, it's, he always brings us back to that place. That it's all about him. It's his goodness. It's his power. It's his grace. That you even believe in him. He gave you enough faith and grace to believe that he is God. And the more we realize that, the more we are positioned correctly. The more we find ourselves submitted Humble, broken before the king, before our father. Don't think you are better than you really are. <laughs> Let me remind you where you came from. Even though your thinking has been transformed, let me remind you who you really are apart from him. Isn't that a great place to always remind yourself? Always come back to that point. Like, yep. How many of you remember what you were without Christ? You remember your life apart from him. You remember your life when you did your own thing. You followed your own way. You made your own decisions based on what you wanted and how you felt. And how many of you are glad you're not on that path anymore? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because I guarantee you, you probably wouldn't be sitting here. You probably wouldn't be submitting to the king. You probably wouldn't find yourself in adoration. You'd find yourself in desperation because the enemy has a plan for you as well. He wants to conform you. God wants to transform you. Don't think you are better than you really are. Man, what a motto to live by because if we really understand who we are, then we can really understand who he is. When we understand who we really are, we can understand 
who he really is. It says, be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Be honest of your evaluation of yourself. How many of you sometimes think a little highly of yourself? Or maybe you think a little lowly of yourself. You see, it's a trap either way. If we're not thinking the way God's thinking, then we can get trapped on either side. We can get trapped in, in, the, in the prison of, of worthlessness or we can get trapped in a prison of I'm all that, of pride, of arrogance, of hypocrisy. But it says be honest in your evaluation of yourself, right? Who knows you better than probably you know yourself? Definitely God, but I'm, I'm, t- I'm speaking in more of a human standpoint. Who knows you better? Huh? You know her pretty good, don't you? Yeah? What's your evaluation of her? No, no. no. <laughs> the people around us, have they understand who we are. And sometimes we're blind to who we are. I say let's just cut the stuff and let's be honest about who we are. Be transparent in your need of God because of your deficiencies, of your weakness. And I think it's in that place right there when we're honest and transparent about what's really going on and how we're thinking and how we're feeling and what we're doing, I think it's in those moments that God can really come and bring healing and transformation to the areas that need it most. But as long as we are uh, really, you know, have a different valuation of ourselves, uh, we are uh, thinking that, man, we really got it going on. It's in those moments that 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 wall comes up and it doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to come and do the work. Because let me tell you, you're a continued work, Evan. You're a continued work, Carol. I mean, God ain't got much left to do with you, but he's still working on you. Love is blind. That's... That's what Janet said. That's not what I said. <laughs> I might have to agree with that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. God is working in all of us. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you don't arrive? And so the minute you feel like, man, I've arrived, that's the minute you got to go, God, please help me. God, please, please help me. How many of you just really believe that if we understand who we really are, if we, if we come to God with a brokenness, with humility, with being authentic, with who we are, that God can use us far more than he ever could with pride, with arrogance, with thinking that we are better than somebody else. If you think you're better Listen, God hadn't really got a hold of your heart yet. Or either he got it and you took it back from him. 
Because God clearly says, look, don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith that God has given you. Look, the faith that you have, man, this really puts things in perspective. Because the faith that you have, maybe it's this big, maybe it's that big. Whatever it is, God has given you that faith. And so that's really humbling because a lot of times you think, man, I chose God. I saw how awesome it was that I needed a Savior and and I chose God and I believed in Jesus. But the reality is that God gave you even the faith that you have to believe in him. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. It says, just as our body has many parts, and each part has a special function. So I want you to understand something right here. God builds us up. He says, don't conform, be transformed. Allow your mind to be renewed. Give your bodies to me because of all I've done for you. But don't think of yourself better than you really are. And understand where your faith even came from in the first place. And the only reason you're saved is because God said, I want to save you. Not because you said, I want to be saved. God said, I want you. (laughs) And when you understand that principle right there, God goes into the very next part. He says, look, we're all part of one body. I'm not talking about Cornerstone. I'm talking about every single person who calls on the name of Jesus that has faith in God through Jesus Christ, we're part of one body. I don't care what the name is on the the sign, it doesn't matter. God says you're one body. And yet the human heart says, or at least by our actions we have said, we are divided into many pieces (laughs) instead of being one that functions together. And I don't think any of us can deny that. Because look, we're not in competition. I can honestly tell you this morning with love and a sincere heart that it doesn't matter where you go to church. You have to decide that. You choose that. You choose who you want to worship with and who you and 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 all of that stuff. But look, we're not in competition trying to to to, uh, get everybody's members. That's not, we're not in some kind of competition to say, oh, well, we got more members than so-and-so down the street or, or so-and-so or so-and-so. No, my heart, your heart is that every single church would be busting at the brim. That every single church would have to add on, build new classrooms, have a bigger sanctuary. I, our heart is that every single church in Jackson County, in America, in the world would bust open. And so our heart And our purpose is not to build Cornerstone Community Church. That's not our, our our heart is to build the kingdom of God. It's to build the kingdom. To build the kingdom one person at a time. I mean, simply, if we just took that kind of approach, if everybody in this room just had, if just bring one person that doesn't believe, you just, if just bring that one person. You know, we had a sermon like that a year, two years ago about the one 
about, man, if we just had that kind of purpose, if we just had that kind of focus, I mean, that's laser focus, you know? That's laser focus because most of us, we get out like this. What can we do? I got to do this. And then, we, you know what we end up doing? Nothing. <laughs> we end up being good Christians. <laughs> How many of you want to stand before God and go, I was a good Christian? What makes it through the fire? Does your bank account? Does your new car? Does your house? What about your new Harley Davidson? I mean, I'd like to find out. If, <laughs> I mean, if it would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I was kind of kidding. But anyway, none of that stuff makes it. So what's important to God? What is, what is the most important thing to God? Huh? People. People. A human. That's what's the apple of his eye. That's the, that's what, that's what fires God up. It's his creation. Fires him up. Let me ask you, is that what fires us up? Is people what fires you up? Is there a desperation? Is there a burning in you? Do you, do you care about other people? Amen. That's, that's what happens. And that's what the body of Christ is about. Because here's what it says. It says, renew your mind. Be transformed. But don't get too high on your horse. And then let's remember who we are. We're part of the body. It says we are many parts. We are many parts. We are many parts of one body. Many parts of one body. I mean, you can even see it in this room, how different we are. Your backgrounds, how you've been raised, how you look, how tall you are, how short you are. You know, I mean, we've all been blessed with different things, right? Amen? I mean, you either... You got different gifts. Some of you have been gifted with a, an intellectual brain. You're smart. Some of you. No, never mind. Scratch that one. That was a bad example. Some, some of you. You got different talents, man. Some of you are good with your hands. Some of you can cook. Amen. That is a, that's a talent. And I appreciate that one. Some of you can sing. And then there's people like me. And Sam Kidwell. Sam Kidwell. Down in Florida. That's a... What I'm saying is we all have different things. And it says we are many parts of one body. But listen to this right here. It says, and we belong to each other. You see, that's the beauty of it. We belong to each other. We're part of the same body. And yet, why does it always look like there's some kind of competition, some kind of, oh, uh, will you, us, them, them, over there, that one? Why does it always look that way when it, God clearly says we're part of one body? 
We should, we should be able to fellowship. We should be able to do whatever with whoever, with whoever is calls on the name of Jesus. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus is your brother and your sister. And God says we're part of one body. And then he says, in his grace. You see how God always brings, it always comes back to him. It, it, it's not your faith. It's the faith he's given you. <laughs> it, it's not your grace. It's the grace he's given you. And he says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. For doing certain things well. And so he just goes through a short list here. This is not an all-inclusive list. But he says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much as, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And so there, again, is there anybody, who in here knows, feels like God has given you a gift of prophecy. Like there's times where God will give you that gift and, and ask you to speak this word of prophecy and somebody else. I want you to raise your hand. Do not be ashamed of it. I want to know who it is because I'm gonna hold you accountable and don't put your hand back down. I'm making a list. You need to sit on this side over here. The rest, the rest of them are over here on this side. So when God gives you that ability, listen, listen to me. When God calls you to prophesy, it's not always, hey, come up here and get the microphone because I'm going to prophesy. No, that's not it. I guarantee you God will use you more one-on-one. He will use you more to prophesy into somebody's life when nobody is, there's no light around, there's no spotlight. He will give you the word to speak to somebody. I believe that. It's not always about just grabbing the microphone. Now, are there times where God will use the microphone and prophet? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can be very powerful as well. But if you're called and God has blessed you and given you that gift of prophecy, then use it, he says. Look, we gotta stop being so dormant. If your gift is serving others, the word of God says, serve them well. Come on, how many of you have a gift of serving? Speak, let's, you can have more than one gift. How many have a gift of serving? Like when you serve others, whether anybody's around or not, there's something inside of you that comes alive. It feels good and it's like you're pouring out, but somehow you're overflowing. How does that, you know, how does that? See, that's when you know you got the gift of serving. Should you serve? Absolutely. You might say, well, I don't have the gift of serving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that don't mean you can't serve. Yes. It just means that you might not feel the same when you serve, you know. <laughs> but some of us have a gift of serving and, and, you, and it, it ignites something. It spans something inside of you when you serve. So serve. It says if God has... or if you're a teacher, then teach well. How many of you feel like God's given you an ability, a gift to teach? Like when you teach, here's one way you can tell. When you teach, somebody's listening. That's, Angela said she'd give up on teaching Evan. He won't listen anymore. <laughs> no, when you, when you teach, there's, 
there's people that will listen. And that's how, that's how you can tell if, if God's putting a gift on you. Because look, it's not your gift. You didn't develop the gift to serve or the gift to prophesy or, 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 or to teach. God has placed that in you. And see, it's another time to understand our position. God gave it. And all he's asking us to do is to operate in what he's given us. Just be obedient to, to what he's put in you. Amen? And it says, that, you know, if you're a teacher, then teach well. How many of you have hid from your gift? Or how many of you have packed that gift up and put it in a drawer? Let me tell you, dormancy is over. It's time to open up the drawer and use the gift that God's given you. Amen? Look, the body, if you look at just at the physical body, what happens if one part of the body, if it's not getting blood or oxygen, what happens to it? It dies. And then, I mean, when, when a part of your body dies, it affects your whole body. Right? Has anybody ever had a part of your body die? It happens. There, I mean, there's people that part of their intestine had died, and they have they have to have a bypass in there. I mean, they can still live, but it's it's a different life. And if we're not using what God's given us in your gift, sometimes it will die, and it'll affect the whole body. If we're not operating and using our gifts, then we're holding back. We're limiting what God can do, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of others. And we have to understand that because we're part of the body and we belong to each other. It says if, in verse 8, if, you, if your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. Amen. How many of you know somebody who has the gift of encouragement? Like when you're around them, you feel encouraged when you're with them. Right? How many of you know people who do not have the gift of encouragement? <laughs> like when you're around them, about five minutes, you feel like somebody sucked every ounce of life out of you. You're, you, you're like walking back to the car like. Was that supposed to be encouraging? I mean, because it's like, it's like, you know, man, it like, but man, when, you, when somebody has the gift of encouragement, it's like somebody just went. And you're like, man, my feet ain't even touching the ground. It's like, oh, oh. You're just like, I mean, you feel differently, you know, versus when somebody is critical and negative and just, bah, bah, bah. it's just weighty and it's like, ugh, it feels nasty. I mean, you know. But if you have the gift of encouragement, man, how, listen to me. If you're in this room today and you have the gift of encouragement and you have not been using it, I'm telling you right now, get the box out because our world needs some encouraging. And if you've got the light of Christ in you, you've got the most encouraging message that could ever be told. And God will use you in, your, in a way to speak life into people. Come on, what better way, even if, even if you don't have the gift of encouragement, how, do you, how many do you think that you can grow in any of these gifts? Amen. Just because you feel like you don't have, I would hate to say that God can't do something new in you. He's got 
So I'm saying, man, more than right now, we need to be encouraging. We need to be strengthening. We need to be speaking life into people. So if you have the gift of encouraging, then encourage. Be encouraging. If you have the gift of giving, then give generously. Give generously. Thank you, Jesus. It says, if God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. Wherever you're at. How many of you have a leadership uh, position in your, at work? How many of you have some type of leadership people? I, okay, here, here's how you know. If you are, you're in leadership, if there are people underneath you following you, okay? <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> you might think you're a leader, but you look back and nobody's behind you. Guess what? <laughs> You might be at the back of the line. <laughs> no, if you have a leader, if you have the gift of leadership, look, it's not just leadership in the church. That's so limited. That's so, it's so this. God is this. God will use your leadership in your company and 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 wherever you're at, God people will see God's blessing upon your life. And he'll use your leadership anywhere. From Taco Bell to the, to the doctor's office to wherever you find yourself in that position. Use the, the anointing and the gift that God's given you. Amen? If he's called you to be a leader, then be a leader. Take it seriously. It says, if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. How many of you are kind? You just, you know, you're, you, just, you have that gift of just being kind. Here's how, here's how you know. When you are kind to people who do not deserve your kindness. Right? When, when, that's when you know you have this gift for kindness, when you can be kind to people who aren't kind to you. That's, that's when the gift takes place. Because when you just love somebody who loves you, that, that's just reciprocating, right? But the hardest love is when somebody doesn't love you or is un lovable in their actions that's when you know that's when real love comes up to the surface right right it's valentine's day amen this is valentine's day how many of you are thankful to have your love right next to you well put your arm around her boys come on snuggle up come on listen put your arm around your woman there you go. Snuggle up. Come on. It's all right to show some affection. Get that arm around them. Come on, Scott. Get it up there. Come on. Sean. <laughs> okay, right there. There we go. <laughs> Snuggle that up. I mean, that's, come on, feel that. Feels good. Cole, get your hand around her. I know she's pregnant, but she ain't that big yet. Come on. <laughs> I said she wasn't that big yet. I said. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful day. Because all of these things, the body of Christ, it all comes back to this right here love. 
That's really what it comes down to. And the next scripture, and we're not going to get through that because I got a special phone call I got to make uh, right now uh, in just a second. Um, but it comes back to love. And the word of God, if we continued on in this passage of scripture, it says, don't pretend to love. Don't pretend to love. Actually love each other. And I want to encourage you all today, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If we could take the name Cornerstone Community Church off of that sign out there and just put Jesus on it, it'd make me happy. That would make me happy. Because the name does not matter to me. We are the body of Christ and every believer has been gifted. If you're sitting in this place today and you say, well, I didn't get any gift, you're wrong. Just straight up, you're wrong. You are gifted and God has given you that gift. And I'm saying as the body of Christ, we got to start using it. This is the time we cannot be dormant. We can't lay low. We can't hide. We can't conform. we got to operate in the spirit of Almighty God and use the things he's put into us. Amen? So I want to encourage you today because I have a gift of encouragement. Now you be encouraged, okay? <laughs> I, want, I do want you to be encouraged. I, I want you to go out of here. I, I, I don't want your feet touching the ground for a little bit. I, I want you to be, I want, I want God to blow into the cells of your heart, man. I want, I want you to go out of this place. Because I want you to go out of here. This is great, and I love Sunday mornings. But what I want you to do is I want you to go out of here, and I want you to be contagious. When the body of Christ is functioning and operating in the gift that God's given you, then we become contagious outside of here, not repulsive. You hear me? We don't, we don't, re, we don't push people. There's a, the, when the healthy body is functioning, you're encur- if you're going to be encouraging and kind and prophesy, and get, if you're going to do that out there, who's going to have an issue with that other than Satan? And who cares what he thinks? Right? Who cares what he thinks? Thank you for the word of God.